Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins. I'm the host of this podcast. I am also the founder of NC Real Estate, where you can come and work with me to build mixed use and commercial property portfolios. To find out more, head to ncrealestate.co.uk. And I want to tell you about a very special complimentary spreadsheet that I've got for you. If you've been thinking about starting in commercial property and you would like to set your goals in a couple of minutes, I mean it, set your goals in a couple of minutes, I have a spreadsheet for you. Go to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash goals and I'll show you how to download a copy of that spreadsheet so that you can get started immediately. I'll put that link below, but what are you waiting for? Go and do it. Oh, I am back somewhere where I haven't been for a very long time. I'm back in Charleston, South Carolina. If anybody remembers back from the end of 2020, 2021 days, I lived in South Carolina for just over a year from around August, 2020 to when was it? November 2021. I was pregnant pretty much the whole of that time. And we moved down here to get out of New York when COVID hit. We thought, okay, we'll go somewhere where there's a beach. We came down here. We rented an Airbnb for three months. And during that three months, I wanted to buy a house somewhere in America and I'd been following a mortgage broker from South Carolina on Instagram and so I just reached out to him and I said hey how much can we borrow if we wanted to get a mortgage out here turned out we could get a 95% mortgage with lending up to 455,000 pounds, mad, dollars, sorry, dollars. And so I said to Chris, my husband, why don't we just buy something? My gosh, 5% is literally nothing, literally nothing. So we enlisted the help of a realtor that I'd also found on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is where I'm finding these people. And I sat down and I basically said, let me have a look. What's available in Charleston? It's absolutely gorgeous. We have up to about $400,000, $450,000 to spend. What can we buy? And we looked around different houses and tried to see what it was that we could get. We weren't really interested. And then one night I was sat on the porch at the Airbnb having a glass of wine and I looked across the lake I saw people looking around the house opposite the lake, loads of people taking pictures in and out. I called my realtor immediately and I said, hey, Kaylin, is the property opposite us on the market? She had a look and she was like, yeah, it just came to the market today. Do you want to view tomorrow? Next day was a Sunday. I was like, yes, get us in. We got into this house. Oh my gosh, it is an incredible house. And I knew immediately it was the house we had to buy. We put down a 5% deposit on $425,000. We'd written 
to the seller and basically said hey we're an English couple we really want a house in South Carolina your house is perfect they agreed to sell to us at asking price $425,000 and it seems ridiculous but it was really easy to buy we ended up putting down a deposit of $21,250 which at the time was something like £16,500 for a $425,000 house so we did that we moved over here we completely renovated it but then there were a number of reasons which made us move out of Charleston at the time the first one being is that Chris works for Facebook which is now Meta and they wanted him nearer an office so that was number one number two I was pregnant not really telling anybody about it I don't think many people knew at all that I was pregnant and I was having a really really rough time of it and the medical healthcare around these parts just really really didn't listen to me or what I was saying or what I wanted they were really interested in my baby you know let's keep that baby alive let's keep that baby going but whenever I'd complain that I really wasn't very well they didn't care as long as the baby was fine so moving to Austin we had far better healthcare, far better healthcare. so that was the reason we ended up moving those two reasons uh, particularly when we moved out of Charleston to Austin but honestly this house oh I'm so lucky I'm so lucky like this is the sort of thing that I think okay well I'm determined so I ask questions and I see what I ask what's possible I'm always asking what's possible you know what what is the next thing that's possible but this is a particular house so I'm like whoa how do we ever get it it's got a huge dock out the back right onto the lakefront it's got three huge bedrooms three and a half bathrooms uh this office i'm sat in is hidden behind the master bedroom so you would never know that this office was here we have got two other flex office rooms downstairs a big living room big dining room oh you guys i absolutely love it but the dilemma now is do we sell it because a house around the corner has just sold for 1.15 million dollars and chances are ours would be somewhere near that as well if we sold it we could pay off our mortgage on the house that we live in so we'd be mortgage free which then might mean that chris wouldn't have to work as much of his job i don't know this is the conundrum that we are thinking about it's thrown a huge amount of spanner in the works but i love it so much i don't know so i'm letting my heart rule my head at the moment which is not a normal natasha collins thing to do but here i am debating on it what should we do or should we just move back into this house i guess that is an option but the I'm not on board with the politics and I mean I'm not on board with Texas politics let me tell you that but it's very backward around here very backward I don't know I'm in a real dilemma with this anyway that's my dilemma 
um I'll keep thinking we don't have to sell right now <laughs> hopefully we'll get some tenants lined back up for next week when we go back to Austin oh it's dreamy I can run to the beach I can run to the beach I can sit on the beach and I can look at Charleston and I can look at the dolphins swimming around oh I'm lucky to have this house basically long and short of is this has been uh a very happy part of my investment journey and I'm so glad that I was able to do it regardless of whether we sell or not I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to have been able to live here and to be able to have this house so watch this space everybody I don't know what's going to happen today I wanted to go through 10 essential skills for becoming a successful property investor why because I see too many people messing up it's not as difficult as everybody thinks it is but when people get in contact with me and they ask me to do property investing and they want to be this property investor they focus on completely the wrong things usually i get that shiny penny i have been to this free webinar and i've seen that this is possible and now natasha i want 100 percent of all my money out of the deal and i would like to be a millionaire by this time next year right Okay, well, perfectly possible if you've got the capital to put into it. But otherwise, it might take you a little bit longer and you have to be okay with the hard work, right? But anything that you do that you want to be successful at, you don't just click your fingers and you become successful. That does not happen. You have to work so, 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 so hard, you know? Even if I think back to this house, which I've just told you I'm so lucky to own, that it comes from years and years and years of hard work, learning about investments and taking risks and knowing who to ask, knowing the right people to ask. So here are 10 essential skills that I want you to make sure you've got whilst you're doing property investment. Number one, market analysis. Make sure that you are good at market analysis. Understanding the real estate market is crucial you should know how to analyze market trends, property values, rental rates, and potential for growth or decline in different areas. And there is software out there that does that for you. And there's so much free information. Don't just listen to the opinion pieces. You know, people's opinion is just that, it's people's opinion. Go and have a look at data and compare data sources so that you can see what's going on. If you become good at that, you'll start being able to spot those gold mine areas that you're after. Financial management. Being adept at managing finances is essential. This includes budgeting, cash flow management, understanding mortgages, loans, taxing, taxes, <laughs> taxing, taxes, and accounting principles related to real estate investment. You need to know your money. Where is your money? How much do you want your properties to make? When I started, I didn't know this stuff. I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I just wanted a buy to let that was going to bring me some income. Great. That's what I got. You know, that was my goal. That was what I got. If you decide that, hey, Natasha, I'm the same. I want a property that's going to bring me an income. Great. Buy a property, get some income. You know, that's as simple as your financial understanding needs to be, but then you need to build on that and understand where your money is and let me tell you something 
from property investor to property investor, there will be times when you think, oh shit, I've run out of money. Oh my gosh, my bank account is empty. It happens to the best of us. Oh my gosh, I have got so many mortgages. This is terrifying. Yes, it is. But those risks are what we take to keep building our investment property portfolio. Please don't take any risks that are going to give you sleepless nights though, which moves me on to number three, risk management. You need to understand what risks you are prepared to take. Assessing and mitigating risks is vital in property investment. This this involves understanding legal regulations, insurance options, and strategies to protect your investments from potential pitfalls, but you also have to understand that investing in property is risky. Really, really risky. The same with any investment. It's a risk. You weigh up what risk you want to take. Number four, negotiation skills. Effective negotiation can make or break a deal in real estate. You need to be able to negotiate favorable terms with sellers, buyers, tenants, contractors, and other stakeholders. And you need to remember that you are going to be the only person looking after your best interests and probably your team as well. I mean, I know for sure Nishita, my solicitor, will always look after my best interest. Anybody that's on your team should be doing the same. But when you're negotiating, always remember to put yourself first. And of course, you have to get win-win for the other side as well. Make sure you're getting something out of it for you. You don't have to be kind to the other side all the time. You are in this to make yourself a profit. So whilst you take into account the other person's situation, please, please remember that you've also got to look after yourself. Number five, property management. Whether you manage properties yourself or hire a property management company, you should understand the fundamentals of property management. This includes tenant screening, lease agreements, maintenance, and dealing with tenant issues. The reason being is that you as the landlord, the buck ultimately stops with you. So you need to make sure that you're asking questions. Even if you outsource it, that's absolutely fine, but ask questions of your managing agents so that you understand what the processes are too. Number six, networking. Building a strong network of real estate professionals, including agents, brokers, contractors, and fellow investors can provide valuable insights, opportunities, and support. Honestly, I wouldn't know as much as I do without networking. I don't network by going out to networking groups. You'll know that I'm not in the country to do it. But every time I speak to another real estate professional and I pick up the phone and I'm chatting to them, I'm always asking them about what's going on and I share what I'm doing too. That is where you build your knowledge and you hear about what's going on on the ground. Number seven, legal knowledge. Understanding real estate laws, regulations and contracts is crucial to avoid legal issues and ensure compliance with local, county, and UK-wide regulations. I said local and county. No, what I mean is um, country. So England, Wales, Scotland might have slightly different things that are going on. You need to understand that. And Ireland definitely does. Um, you need to know what that is. Or 
again, you need to have a very good legal professional who will work with you and you can ask questions to so that you understand what's happening as you go along. Number eight, analytical skills. You need to be able to analyze potential investments, including evaluating the financial viability, assessing risks, and estimating potential returns on investment. Your deal analysis is vital, so you need to understand how that works. Number nine, marketing and sales. Effective marketing is essential for attracting tenants or buyers to your properties. You should know how to market properties effectively through various channels and how to showcase their features and benefits. And you remember a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast, a 14 minute podcast, giving you the exact steps that you need to take in order to go and find tenants. And finally, number 10, continuous learning. The real estate market is dynamic. It constantly changes. So continuous learning is essential for staying updated on industry trends, new investment strategies, and changes in regulations or market conditions. On my Instagram, at NC Real Estate Limited, I have created a post that I've scheduled to go out because I don't think it's out yet. <laughs> so it should go out tomorrow, the Wednesday after this podcast comes out. I go through everything that I do right now to increase my commercial property literacy. That is listening to podcasts, reading industry magazines, and I do read it magazines because I don't always want to be here looking at my computer. That is not for me. I don't think uh, my eyes could take it if I was constantly staring at this computer screen. And I also find something quite uh, magical in being able to sit somewhere with a drink and a magazine and just read. I find it very calming. I, as I said, I listen to podcasts. I speak to other professionals. I'm out and about. Every time I'm out and about, I'm looking. What's new in the commercial property industry around here? What tenants have come in? What developments are happening? I just keep my eyes wide open and take pictures of it. And I do read the news and I listen to what's going on. I think that's really important. And if you just focus on that, keep your eyes open. You are in the commercial property world all day, every day, because I am sure you are walking past businesses. Keep your eyes out open for changes. See what's happening. If you can get a picture for the local market, you can start to get interested in what's happening in the wider market. So. There we have it. 10 skills you must learn to be a successful property investor. And it's not necessarily go out there and do a four year degree to become a surveyor like I did. It is simply getting stuck in with these 10 core things. All right. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I will catch up with you again very, very soon.